0: Hi everyone, Andy and Dole on the Stay Hungry podcast and today we're talking everything toxic. Hello Mr Rowe.
1: Hello Mr Stone, how are you?
0: Alright thank you, how are you? Excellent. Yeah, very good, thank you. So you've come up with this one. Um,
1: Tell me what we mean by toxic. Toxic? Funny you should ask. According to Oxford Languages, means very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way. Why? Insidious. Wasn't he in Star Wars? Um, and the reason it, it came up is that so many people are talking about toxicity. I'm not actually sure they know what they mean by it, mm. because even though there's much wrong with the world, a lot, there's a lot right with the world. And if everywhere you go... Everything you see, there's toxicity. Then maybe there's a common denominator. So just asking that question, really, about maybe got you, yeah. Should we sometimes internalise, look inward, before just spouting our own uh, or our own toxicity about toxicity? Really, yeah. can't say toxicity.
0: Toxicity, yeah. Um, I guess for like business owners, this is a an easy trap to fall into of like. Oh, they're just toxic. Oh the trolls are toxic. Oh the news is toxic. Toxic, toxic, toxic. And even more so in a in a world where everything's so divisive at the moment. So if you don't agree with me, you must be toxic. And
1: then you get cancelled.
0: Well yeah, yeah. And I mean yeah, prime example, that's a good that's a good example. So Piers Morgan's just launched his new show, hasn't he? On whatever talk TV, is it?
1: Okay, yeah, I saw Adam Middleton post something about it, yeah. And
0: he was saying, oh, if you're a snowflake, don't watch this. If you're um, woke, woke, don't watch this. I'm the anti-woke soothsayer, yada, yada, yada.
1: Does he think woke and snowflakes are the same? Uh, Are they basically, in in Piers' world, they're basically the same? I think
0: it serves his purpose for them to be, yeah. But also I think he's a smart man, so he's deliberately being divisive
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to attract people. Uh, and you could argue Trump did it with American election. There's loads of people online do it. We follow some very well-known business gurus, for want of a better word, that do it all the time, comment on other famous people's posts with the exact opposite opinion, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, God, that's 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 become a worrying trend. I, I see that a lot now. I see it a lot um, in in a number of industries where, right... I know, what's an example? Oh, I know Oh People talk about the 5am club. Both, mm. both me and you getting, like getting up early. It's almost become a marketing trick now. Right, let's be anti 5am club. Let's be anti this because it's popular. It's like, well...
0: Anti-diet club's one I keep seeing a lot at the moment. Uh, okay. So, um, obviously there's hundreds of diets out there in the world. And there's a few coaches now who are saying diets are for wankers. It's all about lifestyle change. Anti-diet club and i've seen a, a, the coaches who are pro diet saying that's nonsense it's just semantics and you you're twisting it to make yeah. it divisive yeah. and and when you get down to the root cause of most of these things it is just semantics it's it's people oh you're right wing or oh, you're left wing <laughs> there's very few people you'll meet that are entirely right wing or entirely left wing it Life's a bit too grey for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, t- yeah, totally agree. I mean, it's, um, what well, someone going about the 5am club the other day? So you go, oh, right, it, it's bullshit because you need to get eight hours sleep. Yes, that's why I fucking go to bed at nine o'clock. <laughs>
0: well, Andy, I'll have you know, if you get to bed at nine o'clock and get up at five o'clock, there's no way you're getting eight hours sleep. I think that's a toxic opinion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, I'm going to cancel you on Instagram now, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one, that, that anti. That anti-everything... It's like, like Piers Morgan who said about him deliberately divisive. It's the old 80-20 rule. He'll, he'll know that 20% of the people out there will be loyal to his cause and they'll be the ones who grow audience for him. And maybe that 20% will end up being the majority. Yeah. Because he's, he's absolutely not trying to appeal to everyone, which we know is the kiss of death. Uh, it's something we advise all our clients that when you're so safe... And so vanilla, like in in the middle, you won't offend anyone, but you know what? You won't appeal to anyone either. Mm.
0: Yeah, and and I guess for for a business owner, it's really tricky when they see influential people, not necessarily Piers Morgan, but he, I, on, Stephen Bartlett could be an example on on the other side, the polar opposite side of things. But you see influential people.
1: Has he in, has he
0: interviewed Piers?
1: I I think think so, yeah. I think so, so, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, But when you see these influential people utilizing their position to be divisive and to say controversial things or to say things on the far side of an argument, it can make you feel as a business owner that that's what you need to do to to market your business, Mm -hmm. to attract people. And that isn't what we're saying. We're just saying that you need to pick your audience and speak to them. And that doesn't necessarily have to be people with extreme opinions. It's just that, let's say you sell, I don't know, colouring books aimed at girls between five and eight years old. There's absolutely no use you running ads aimed at boys 15 years old. It doesn't doesn't make sense. And what people like Stephen Bartlett, Piers Morgan, Donald Trump are very good at is sticking their colours to the mast and... And that's something that a lot of businesses struggle with. Well,
1: a lot of businesses would... A lot of people, sorry, would call that toxicity. Hmm. They, because they, they just don't understand the meaning. They Someone is spouting views that contradict with your own... And this is this is the key thing. Contradict with their own version of the world, how they see it. You know, how yes. you see the world is your version. It's based on your experiences and values, So it's going to be different to how someone else sees it. Now, of course... Some people might have opinions that are wrong in 99% of people's eyes. Like I don't know, people, I don't know, let's say people think the, the war in Ukraine is justified. You know, there's still been a couple of people who have spouted publicly that that's what they believe. But generally speaking, if someone's got an opinion, and just because it's different to yours, that doesn't mean it's wrong or it doesn't mean that you're right. It doesn't mean it's toxic. Yeah. It doesn't mean they deserve to be cancelled. Just because, I don't know, Stephen Bartlett thinks about this or Piers Morgan thinks about that. I think, And I think as a
0: society, this is a deep podcast, by the way, but as a society... We're deep people. Um, it's all the drugs. It's really interesting how, as facts got eroded as part of... fabric of society so you could say it was political you could say it was the internet you could say it was social media but as as the importance of fact became less prevalent in argument toxicity has skyrocketed in people's vocabulary so it's like if you don't agree with someone's opinion and and I stress opinion not not fact then you're being toxic and yet sometimes you're just stating facts,
1: and if it, and if there's a few, let's say it's a workplace. You're in a big company, and a few people have those same opinions that differ to yours. Suddenly, I work in a toxic workplace. Yeah, and I see that a lot. So, what would you say? Because I know it's such a prevalent word now, but there are people we see who, who seemingly everything is toxic. They they got toxic friends. Uh, the people they choose to follow on social media. Their workplace, and it's almost like they can't put out a single tweet or a single blog or a single podcast without mentioning toxic five hundred times. Yeah, that
0: I I I really find that difficult. That and it, this sort of takes me back to school, and I pick on myself rather than picking on um, other people.
1: I just another childhood story then. A little bit. But, right, right. Caitlin, but, get the violins. Right.
0: Brilliant. He's a very <laughs> sympathetic man. Um, so in primary school, I, I moved primary schools in primary school. So at five years old I moved to some back backwater um, for about six months and got bullied. Uh, and I did get bullied. And then we moved back to...
1: So you were six foot tall?
0: Yeah, <laughs> from birth, yeah. So we, so we moved back to, to where we were originally from and primary school was okay. But then when I went to secondary school, I thought I got bullied. And it was it was really interesting. So, um, well, it wasn't really interesting at the time. It was fucking horrible. But I thought I was being bullied. And so the more I thought that, the more I thought I was being bullied. And I became hypersensitive.
1: What do you, what do you mean? Why do you think you were bullied? You were or you weren't, isn't it?
0: I don't think... No, I don't know, the world's, the world's a lot more grey than that
1: So you mean looking back, you're thinking actually I wasn't bullied after all
0: So, well as you know I've had my troubles with anxiety and depression mm-hmm. don't mind saying that on the podcast and when you're an adult it's very easy. It's much easier to identify emotional uh, issues in yourself than it is when you're an 11 or 12 year old when you're an 11 or 12 year old if something's making you feel sad there must be a contributing factor or if something's making you feel worried, there must be a contributing factor. So when, let's say, the girls in my tutor group used to take the piss out of me... I Why would. Why did they in- take the piss out of you? Like, well, for the same reason they took the piss out of everyone. They were
1: no, al- but what did they pick on? Because um, I say, there, there's a guy at my school, I don't even give a shit if he's listening, I guy called Adam Smith, um, and and he literally would hone in... On the littlest imperfection for want of a better word, and that that was his in to try and bully you, so for me, obviously my uh, my ethnicity for some people, it could be ginger, it could be because they're wearing glasses, whatever he'd find that and that's what and he'd really n- chip away at that little thing till it actually would become an ins- so there, there was a kid at our school who was ginger, didn't he didn't give a shit about it, but by the end of his school days. He he really had a complex about being about having red hair.
0: Yeah, so that yeah, I wouldn't. I'd say these girls were were sort of they they were doing it to everyone. They weren't singling oh, okay. me out. Right, okay. they weren't singling me out. So they they do it to everyone. To some, it was like water off a duck's back. They are just like, "Oh, get lost, you silly woman," sort of thing. To uh. To others they'd literally cry in front of them and be like they'd get wound up every time and it was and, and I was probably somewhere in the middle where I was like I took it really to heart, but never publicly display it right. and then I'd beat myself up about it later. But then the more I beat myself up about it, the more I noticed it. So then the more I noticed it, the worse it got. But they weren't their behaviour hadn't changed. They just got a bit of a kick out of being Idiots, really, but they weren't, it wasn't like they weren't singling me out, that, like to be clear. And then as I, as I grew into an adult, I realized, well, my sensitivity to the situation wasn't was, was hindering me. And, and, and well, actually, I, I had an incident where year seven and year eight, I found quite miserable. So year nine, I decided to actively stand up for myself.
1: Well, so what age is this? The school? 11, 12. Right, okay.
0: So when I was about 13, I thought, right, next time I go back to school, if anyone says anything to me that I don't like, I'm just going to bury them. And as you know, I'm, like, relatively dry-witted and sharp-tongued.
1: Sarcastic, that means. Yeah, 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 (laughs)
0: sarcastic prick, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I I remember one girl, and I won't say her name, although weirdly she's inquired about working with us, isn't, and this might be why, Uh, came back to school and, and she said something like, I think I had acne at the time, and she said, oh, how are you doing spotty or something? Right. And, uh, and I said something along the lines of, your mum didn't moan about my spots, but I suppose that's because the light was off. <laughs> Very good. And, uh, Very good. And that was the turning point for me. I, straight away, they were. everyone was like, oh, don't mess with him. He'll, he'll just humiliate
1: you. I thought you were going to say you turn around a lamp or something. No, no,
0: no. And, um, and I realised quickly in my head, I was like, oh, this is, this is a coping mechanism. And I haven't been being bullied as such. They, they just get away with it because no one, no one says anything back. And it wasn't, you know, there was, there was bullies at high school, people that literally drilled people into the ground and, you know, beat people up and stuff.
1: But That's really good, yeah, because I, I had almost the opposite because um, I was working at a place where this guy called John would always take the piss out of my height, or rather my lack of height. You know, morning short-ass, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, that's, that's funny. Then, you know, it's sort going on and on. It's like, actually it's just not even funny anymore. It wasn't, wasn't it funny to start with, mm. but there we go. Uh, and then one morning, it was like, hey, morning, shorty. And I turned around and like, hey, morning, fatso. And the office just went deadly quiet. I was like, What's you know John's sensitive about his weight? It's like, well, I'm sensitive about my fucking height. Nothing I can do about that. He could stop eating less, you know. But it was like it's like <laughs> so just come back with the reply it's like right okay so you can take the piss out of that but not this and to be honest i still struggle with where that line is now um anyway thought i'd throw that
0: yeah so so your your reply was a lot wittier than
1: mine mine <laughs> was just factual
0: <laughs> so where, what i'm saying is that if you're feeling like everything's toxic number one have a look at what you're surrounding yourself with mm-hmm. because I mean, it's difficult at school. If they're in your tutor group, you can't you can't get away from them. They're going to be there. So but, was that
1: a toxic tutor group, then, by today's definition?
0: <laughs> so I've also realised, as, as an adult, we were the tutor group that when people played up in the other tutor groups, they got moved to our <laughs> tutor group. Ah, okay. So we were the rejects. Ah, OK. Um, but I wouldn't say it was toxic. I'd say it was a bit of a survival of the fittest environment. And I think sometimes you have to go with a bit of thick skin into into situation so might of comedians who get hammered on twitter and then say well twitter's toxic i'm not coming on there anymore and it's like well what did you expect it to be like what what were you what were you thinking was going to happen you're on a pedestal and almost 80 20 or 80 percent of people are going to take pop shots at you just because they can it's and you know people watch the news and then they're like, oh, I don't like the news. It's depressing. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you think was going to, like,
1: it? you know. That's what makes me wonder. when people talk about toxicity on social media. It's like, well, generally speaking, the things you see on social media, things, are the things you are subscribed to. Mm. Now I know, obviously sometimes it'd be different. Like if, if you see a post on LinkedIn, then obviously you can see what that person's connections are saying. So it could be someone who's a second connection or even a third connection. Yeah. Um, So you can't control everything, but generally speaking, a lot of what you see is out of your choice. So it's like we say about the news, like me and you, we never wake up to the news. Sounds like we share a bed then, but I didn't mean like that. (laughs) But it's like, no, I don't want want my day to start with how many people are dying from COVID or whatever, or what's going on in you. I just, it's not a good start to the day. I will consume the news when I want. That's generally speaking once a week on a Sunday, I'll read the week magazine and that's me done. Um, but if like you think, oh, everything, I, everything I'm seeing on Facebook is so toxic. Well, you, you're following the wrong people then. Yeah. Go and go and go and unfollow or disconnect or unfriend or unlike all these pages and people you say are spouting toxicity. You 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 have a degree of control over that's for sure. But I think some people, and and this this is a, a controversial one we got into trouble uh, before about is that some people have. So little generally to worry about. That they find stuff. That they find stuff that I think one day they'll probably look back and say, holy shit, I had a roof over my head, a nice car, a safe job, loving husband, loving wife, happy kids. What the fuck was I complaining about? And it's, it's tough when... I remember Alan Sugar was talking about someone moaning about poverty and they were moaning about poverty like on the latest iPhone. And Alan Sugar's saying, you know, that,
0: you don't know that, that's not poverty. Yeah, like yeah. Alan Sugar
1: grew up like in a cancer state and you know had a bath once a week in a tin bath in front of the fire kind of thing. And it's, you go if, if if you're going on about this is toxic, this is toxic, that's toxic, then yeah, some of that is in your control. The even down to the if you are genuinely in a in a toxic workplace, then you probably do have a choice to look for another job. But if it's the fourth job you've had in a toxic workplace, then, as they say, by the time of your fourth divorce, it ain't them.
0: That and that's kind of the point I was getting at. With my story was clearly I was a sensitive person, mm-hmm. and there's lots. There's nothing wrong with being sensitive. You know, sometimes sensitive people are very creative, whatever. But you need to be self-aware, and if something's going to affect you more than it affects others remove yourself from the scenario or prepare yourself for the scenario and that's what shocks me is like you say people actively seek toxicity on Twitter and then complain about it
1: it's responsibility is it, so, so many people they, they don't want to take that self responsibility yeah I,
0: I, I won't name names but I've got a friend when you're talking about relationships who used to say a lot I just want someone that will make me happy Oh, right, okay. And I remember, wow. I remember saying to her, until you can figure out how to be happy on your own, you're not going to find happiness with someone else because nobody can make you happy. No, I mean, maybe in the short term, the buzz of... Gen- the, Jennifer Lopez.
1: The, <laughs> she made me very the, happy.
0: The buzz of the first date or the buzz of, you know, the first dinner out or whatever will give you that kind of endorphin rush, but nobody can make you feel fulfilled and genuinely happy. You've got to do that for yourself. And equally and this is harder and, and i and by no means mastered this. No one can make you feel miserable either. That's a choice.
1: That's hard, isn't it? I think so so much stuff we discuss, we see going on in the world in business and in life in general, comes down to control and ownership and, and a lot of people they they don't want to take ownership. They don't want that response no it's not my fault. You know, we talk about all these Teflon Tonys out mm. there. Oh, it wasn't my fault. Like, one of Codebreak's values is own your shit. Now, if you've done something wrong, own up to it. If if a friend on Facebook is constantly pissing you off because they've got right-wing views, well, f- fucking unfriend them.
0: Yeah, challenge them or unfriend them, yeah.
1: That is, that, that, is, that is your choice. That is your responsibility. If your friend is like that, do you need them in your life? I mean, are they going to... Are they, do they make your life any better? Do they enrich your life? Are they neutral? Well, no, they're negative. Well, cut them out then. Yeah. And that's one less toxic person you got to worry about.
0: And it's it's your relationships that will help you build resilience as well. So if if you find that you're finding everything a grind or everything feels like it's on top of you or toxic, look for the the people that when you spend time with them, they lift you up. So that might not be intellectually or financially, it could be emotionally, or it could be humour. But, you know, it's okay. You shouldn't rely on other people, but you should use those relationships to your advantage, much like you're allowing your relationships with people you don't know on Twitter to make you Mm. feel sad.
1: Well, allow the relationships you have with people that you enjoy spending time with to make you feel good. So would you say there's a link between people who maybe don't like taking responsibility and the level of perceived toxicity of their lives. We like uh, are going deep, aren't we? Yeah, they? I'm... That's the Bishop said to the actress. I... Th-
0: <laughs> I think that's really tricky. And the reason I say that is there are people who want to blame and so they probably use words like toxic or if, maybe if they're on the other side of the argument they use words like... Or, yeah, like woke or snowflake. Um... And that's very much like, it's not me, it's them. Mm-hmm. But then I think there's people who are hyper-accountable as well, who fall into like um, a black hole of, of self-blame. So, like, I'm not worth it, I'm not... Uh, and so the world can feel very toxic to them too, because they're, suddenly they become sensitive to all this shit, because essentially everything's very intrinsic... And and I don't think either... Either They're both extreme ends of the same spectrum, let's say. And I, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Sometimes you've got to go in on yourself and explore, mm-hmm. what am I doing wrong? What can I do better? Mm-hmm. Am I looking after myself properly? And then if the answer to all of those things is yes, then, okay, who am I surrounding myself with? Why am I exposing myself to this stuff? What are the external factors that are... Maybe chipping away at my armor and making me feel yeah. crap.
1: That's that's awesome. That's deep. I like that. Here's a quote for you, Joel. You find it offensive. I find it funny. That's why I'm happier than you. Who said that?
0: Oof. No idea. Go okay,
1: on. Uh, Ricky Gervais. Someone, uh, okay, someone, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Someone getting offended by, I think, a tweet or something, and uh, and and he replied. He replied with that.
0: So. Uh, one of my phrases was well, not one of my phrases. Plenty of people have said it, but something I've, I've got quite a dark sense of humour, and sometimes people look at me a bit weird, and I have, I say, well, I have to laugh or I'd cry, and you know, mm-hmm. there's been plenty of times when I have cried, so it's that. It some sometimes life is never as serious as you think it is, and I, I think one of our coaches said to us. Um, Life's never as good as it looks from the outside, and it's never as bad as it feels from the inside.
1: That's good. How can, um, how can I offend you? Who, who's got the power?
0: Genu- this, this is awful. Genuinely. It depends which way the wind's blowing. If I haven't done everything I should to look after myself, I'm easily offended. So if I haven't been to the gym walked the dog made the bed had a glass of water in the morning there's a higher chance of offending me had a good night's sleep that's a massive mm, one yeah, that's
1: a big one.
0: Uh, there's a higher chance of offending me than if I've done all of those things I'm more resilient it's, it's my body armour
1: so what do you say to people someone who says that's your choice to be offended say like in the Ricky Gervais line you find it offensive well that's your problem I find it funny how how much choice do we have in being offended like so so no woe is me story we've all got woe is me stories i think you you more than most uh, <laughs> um so, so when i Good was job kid, I'm not sensitive to so that. so <laughs> you got lots of sleep on i can say this um again it sounds like we share a bed together we don't i promise you um it's not wednesday is it no uh, so something that used to go on when i was a kid and it was actually referred to as packy bashing when, you know, you go and be... Now, so that's something I had to deal with. So when someone used to call me Paki, um I'd get... I suppose as a young kid, I didn't know what offended... It was, but it's like, well, yeah, that that is offensive. But even then, is it offensive or am I choosing to be offended? Oh. Oh, oh.
0: So I, 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 I can't pretend to have anything like that. Privileged white man. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I am... Um, like this isn't the same but i guess that the nearest to empathizing with that is i had a dad in a mental hospital for a lot of my youth and people would say to me your dad's mental or your dad's a nutter um and i know now as a as a mature adult who knows better, those people were ill-educated or mm-hmm. trying to get a rise out of me or doing it for social um, standing. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, when you're a teenager, the the person that either terrifies everyone or gets the most laughs yeah. is usually in control, uh, and sometimes both. Um, so, So, yes, strictly, I think you are choosing to be offended... But it, that's much easier said than done, particularly in a in like a school environment. Or
1: well, what about some people must? Well, some people get easily offended, don't they? Some people get offended by anything and everything. I wonder. If, I wonder if some of them choose. Like I, I, I just yeah. I, 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 I'm the sort of person, I just get offended by everything. Everything's toxic, Joel. Not consciously. Hmm. And do you think that's that? Well, shaped by their their experiences. okay because I I know. I, I think I know one of the reasons. I don't get wound up or easily offended or 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 angry about when I hear people directing shit at me, is because it can't be worse than packy bashing. Mm. So, and <clears throat> maybe a bit naively, I thought being half white, half Indian would almost give me a foot in both camps so that would be cool, I'd straddle both communities but most of the time I'd get shit off white people for being half Indian and I'd get shit off Indian people for being half white and in fact a lot of the fights and stuff i get into were with Indian people so, so that so don't get me wrong. There was a there was another Indian kid at school, and and he was quite um, he got quite shook up by it all, and nothing major. But you know, he sort of went one way. But for me, it basically toughened me up because I was you know a son of a doctor, middle class, mm. generally speaking, you know, and didn't want for much. So it was quite a, a lovely upbringing. But that toughened me up. So now there's not much people can say that are just. Really, pursue. so I don't so, take offence easily. I so, guess what I'm okay. to say because of that.
0: There's an interesting thing you've raised there, and it'll probably provide some insight to people listening. What is it about you, or what's happened in your life, that rather than you, so you could have gone, oh, I got horrendously racially abused as a youth, and then to top it off, people have said this to me, said this to me, said this to me. This to me. So you add it to the to the list but you're not doing that. You're say you're doing the, every time someone says something now that is directly aimed at you, you're saying, well, I've heard worse, so can't hurt me. What's created that resilience in you? Because not everybody would react like that.
1: Well, I know my mum used to say to me uh, as a kid at a very young age, Oh, you're stubborn. You are. She, she, she tell me like sometimes she shouted at me and she said, I'd look at her with this look of defiance. Um, and back then, stubbornness was an insult. Now I take it as a compliment. It's a good thing to be a stubborn job, to know your mind. Um, Pain in the arse. <laughs> single-minded <laughs> bastard. Um, see, I, I got a degree in psychology, believe it or not. Um, not that like I studied much. And it's just one of those arguments that would just rage on, that what are you born with? What do you learn? And the, and the cop-out was everything is... is biosocial it's partly what you're born with and partly where mm. you grew up and stuff uh what you grew up surrounded with but I think thing something like that you I, th- I, th- I think you're born with it that 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 stubbornness I mean I can see in my two children from from almost birth they were different and that's still true now there are certain elements oh God, when Maddie was six months old or a year old, she used to be like this. When Holly was six months or a year old, she'd be like that. And they've carried those traits through with them. And obviously they're shaped by their environment and and, and Emma and I um, and the school they go to, the friends they hang out with, all that kind of stuff. But I think something like, okay, you're being racially abused. Him, it breaks him. Him, it toughens him up. I think that seed is sown... If not from birth, then then very early on. Like you re, have you read Goggins, You Can't Hurt yeah, Him? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, some of the shit he went through, and obviously that's just given him almost like, I think, an impenetrable shield now that y- you can't hurt him now. Nothing you say or do to him can be worse than what his dad used to do to him. And, and that's why it, it, it upsets me when I see people getting upset what strangers say about them on social. Because we know a lot of our clients, one of the, the biggest fears they have is like, I need to be more vocal to take my marketing to the next level, but that means I'm going to attract a few more yeah. tickets. And, and it's like, when we're coaching them on their mindset, it's like, is a stranger's opinion going to be more important than you providing for your family? It's almost how you have to look at it. And I
0: think that's a great way to sort of to wrap up on this is, for business owners, it's not always going to be possible to avoid what, is deemed toxicity. Mm -hmm. Um, So you need to have a think about, one, do you want to put your head above the parapet? Which, if you're going to be a successful business owner, I'm afraid you're going to have to. In one way or another, you're going to have to put your head above the parapet. And two, when you do, what have you got in place to protect yourself? And it might be something simple as making sure you have a good breakfast and go to the gym in the morning. It could be something as simple as that. But if you're in high-pressure scenarios... It might be mindfulness, meditation, it, yoga. It could be that you've you've got a full-time therapist. It, it, whatever it takes to make sure that you're comfortable in in the environments that you need to go in to, to succeed at what you're doing.
1: Absolutely, yeah, because I suppose ranting and raving and complaining about toxicity, even if it's true, and it, obviously it could be, that isn't going to solve why you're feeling Mm. like that. And that is definitely in your control. There are things you can do to protect yourself from the toxicity around you.
0: Massive. Boom. And on that note, everyone, I thank you and good night. (laughs) You've been listening to the Stay Hungry podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share, leave us a review. I'll love you forever. (laughs) Visit andyandjoel.com if you want to know more about our coaching. We'd love to hear from you. Take care, everyone.